Well, as a leader, you better make sure that it, here's what you know is always true. Your team will always be modeling you. Mm. They will always be trying to replicate you because they view what you do as working. You better be worth modeling. Yeah. If you're not worth modeling, none of it matters. This is the Full Stack Sales Pro. What's up, Full Stack crew? Today's episode is the continuation of Josh's conversation with Taylor Welch. Got questions or feedback? Email us at podcast at thesalesmentor.com. Here's the show. Do you think that sales teams should meet every day, once a week? I mean, where, how does that fit in, like practically? How does that fit in? Do you, like, do you just say, hey, I'm going to share a story today or a win or something? Like, what does that look like? I think it depends on the size of the business. Like when we build a, when we like start a brand new sales team, for instance, we usually go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just because if there's not a couple units being moved a day, then it doesn't always make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I use sales meetings also as training. So if I feel like the team is really young, but hungry, we'll move to every day because I want to train them every day. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from a, from a management standpoint is really about leverage. You want to leverage yourself as much as you can. So if you have a meeting every single day, you take 10 minutes to go over wins, five minutes to go over numbers because there mm-hmm. aren't that many numbers if the team is new. Mm-hmm. And then you take 10 or 15 minutes to talk about the product, talk about the client, talk about the problems in the market, and then offer people an opportunity to role play. When I watched the uh, Belichick and Saban documentary, this was two and a half, maybe three years ago. It was a while ago. I realized that we were doing something wrong in our sales meetings. We mm-hmm. had a daily stand-up, a daily huddle. And what we would do is we would go in and we would talk about projections and we would talk about things and we would talk, 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 talk. And I watched this documentary at the old house and I'm watching Saban's practices and they're like beating the hell out of each other in practice. Like <laughs> they're scrimmaging. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're not scrimmaging. Mm-hmm. We're just talking. I'm like, how did you sleep last night? Like, what are your time? <laughs> I'm not. I was like, we're going to scrimmage every single day. Yeah. And so we got the team into the room every single day. And uh, we would go around the room, we would role play. And man, that team, that was one of the best teams. Like when, when you hopped on to the team like a year ago, mm-hmm. that was that probably second iteration of that scrimmaging mm. methodology. You had like Anthony and um, Ben came and went several times. Cole had... Cole was in a part of that process as well, and he got lethal. And it was just like, man, why, why do these guys get so good? Because every day, yeah. they're putting their helmet on and getting the hell beat out of them, you know, and then figuring out how to block and tackle. Sometimes the only way you can teach someone how to navigate a conversation is by putting it in a room, being a prospect, and making them do it in front of their peers. Yeah. It, it got the team so good. Yeah. I, I can't, like, I can't fathom why people think that like you can say, hey, yeah, I, I want to be a closer. All right, great. Here's your here's your parameters or your script or here's the product that they're selling. Yeah, you should you know go out there and do that. And like they just expect like they're going to know how to have a cadence, when to slow down, when to speed up, when to uh, you know pro- properly interrupt somebody or not. Like all of the nuances that make this a true skill. You know what I mean? Like a this, like. Uh, that's another thing. People forget this is a damn craft. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, like an actual craft that you have to work at. And it yeah. takes years to hone it in. And it's like, if you're in any way thinking that, like, oh, man, they're just, you know, they're not producing numbers. 
You know, that, why aren't they closing that? And it's like, yeah. when was the last time they actually practiced closing or yeah. practiced objection handling or practiced? Um, I'll never forget when, um, when I came on and they taught me how to change my openings. Because I have naturally, like if I'm not awake, I have a very dad voice. I mean, I'll get down low. I'll be, hey, how you doing today? And it's like, and someone was like, I was afraid doing your call review. And I was like, why? I was very happy that day. And they're like, it doesn't sound it. It sounds very like you're going to kill somebody. That's I'm like, like moral authority times 10. Yeah. And it's just like, I said now. And, and I realized when someone told me, they're like, hey, have you ever tried smiling when you open up? I was like, no, no they can't see me. And they go, they can feel it. I go, it's not about seeing you. It's about feeling it. And I'm like, oh, but if I didn't have that, like, actual role playing or call reviews, I mean, and please feel free to speak on call reviews as well and things of that nature. Yeah. Those are tactical things that aren't sales tactics. They're, yeah. like, ways to really engage. It. And it, it revolutionized. Because yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I should be happy, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the key there is... Like you can get a successful team by not training them, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to burn through so much talent until by sheer randomness, you find somebody who's already been trained and then they come in. Like think of the odds on that. You might have to burn through 50, 60, 70 reps to find one or two that can do the job. Mm-hmm. It's just so inefficient. Mm-hmm. And so the key is like, don't skimp on training. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you can find somebody attitudinally, like, the reason that we're able to, to continue growing the way that we are is because we can take somebody with the right attitude within like, what would you say, 60 days? Yeah. They're up to speed closing with the, some of the best. Yeah. Now, Mine was what, 14 days? But yeah, yeah. Literally seven. Seven. Or like seven whatever. You, know, you, <laughs> you, you, had, you had such a match attitudinally and you're a coach and you grew up with exposure to this. So it's like, right. you know, it's not exactly fair. But I understand why you said it, being a closer. <laughs> uh, if you want an efficient system that is, that is bulletproof, you've got to have state-of-the-art training. Yeah. If you don't, you're just, you've got giant holes in your bucket. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have the sustainability necessary to break in. Which is why we even have this training that we have and the trainings that we have on teaching people. Because let's be honest, most people probably don't know how to train a sales team, right? Yeah. Like They're just like, hey, I just need you to close. And here's this, you know, and they just hand them this thing. And it's like, here's your, you know, your air call number or Kixie number and then go for it. And it's like, yeah, you need to get whatever training you can, which kind of goes back to what you originally said, like get in the room somewhere, yeah. right? Like there's gotta be some type of effort because I've even seen this um, from a book you had me read. Um, I forget what it is, but he was talking about like, if you're going to keep a culture, they got to see that you're doing the exact same thing that you're bettering yourself yep. that you're staying ahead of them you don't have to be maybe 100 moves ahead of them but at least x amount right yeah that you're growing yeah yeah because nobody wants to follow somebody who's stagnated out um i don't know if you saw this bro but there was a uh there's an audio circulating around slack right now of a recording of me in 2019 mm. and with um with some of our old reps Peyton's in there cole's in there um, and they're asking me what my drive is connected to. Have you listened to this? I think I have once. So everyone right now is like they've, they've just now discovered it. And they're like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know Taylor 
use those those naughty words and <laughs> was that intense because it's intense because somebody one of my reps back in the day is sitting me down and he's asking me like how do you maintain your drive you know uh and i was explaining to him that at the end of a person's life they will experience a a some average aggregate of the things that they deserve to experience. Mm. And he was like taken back by that. I remember being in the room and he was kind of like bothered by that. There is no hack, dude. Like mm -hmm. there's no hack. The secret at the end of the day, like if you want to train a good sales team, you're going to pay for it. You're either going to pay for it by paying someone else to come in and give you the differential of experience that you need you're going to pay for it through eight years of losing money on your ads because your team sucks mm. this entire culture societally of like i want to get things that i did not pay for does not work and more than that it actually communicates to yourself about yourself that you do not deserve the things that you say that you want mm -hmm. and so man i paid for all this shit you paid for all your shit mm. you know we went through the trials and errors we went through the fire we went through the payments or we paid in money we paid in time all of the above i think what we're putting together more than anything is an opportunity for you to pay in the currency that you value least mm -hmm. this is like one of my boys where mosey talks about this he's like time and money are both currency and you pay for the things that you want in the currency you value least mm -hmm. If you value your time more than money, you are going to invest your money to get the things that you need. Mm -hmm. If you care about your money more than time, you're going to pay for the things you want via your time. So There's a wake-up call, man. Like, people mm -hmm. need to wake up and pay attention. Because whenever somebody goes like, well, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. It's like, oh, you think you're going to live forever. Got it. Yeah. That's what you're communicating. Yeah. Is that you've got limitless time and you don't have to actually achieve anything by any certain date. Mm -hmm. You value your time less than you value your money. Mm -hmm. The person who values their time less than their money will always have less of both. Mm -hmm. The person who values their time more than money will always have more of both. It's, there are these laws that are written into the world and how yep. things operate. And so it's just like, you know, don't say you want something. Go and pay for it. Mm -hmm. But how you pay for it says a lot about you. And it communicates to your team as well as it communicates to yourself. And that's the danger. Mm -hmm. you know, nobody wants to follow somebody and bring this full circle it's a long tangent bring it full circle though to the, like people want to follow people who are growing people also want to follow people who have the right priorities in their life mm -hmm. and they see you like your team is watching you trial and error and f everything up and start stop undo everything start over again they're watching you and eventually they're going the talent is going to accrue to the greatest reservoir of leadership and that isn't you if you're a pain in time mm -hmm. on everything so keep that in mind. No, it's so good. I, one of our uh, clients that we're training, it was a big issue. And we thought that the, or well, they thought that the issue was hiring. You know, oh, we need more people. So we, I mean, we're just pounding people at them. And, and, and it's like, I think they went through 20 something people before they hired one person. And it's just like, you know, money loves speed. Yeah. It loves action. You know what also that loves speed and action? Hiring. You have the hiring and firing. They yeah. also love speed and action. Yeah. And, what, and what I had to do was I had to go in and just be like, oh my God, did you know, like, are we not sending them the right people? And the first thing I go through is like, take ownership. Okay, maybe it is on us. Yeah. So then I had to break it down. I said, you know what? Can I have your team for a week? 
let me have your team just for one week. And this is all remote. And I'm saying all this because this just really emphasizes what you said. And I go through and I break down everything. I'm like, okay, tell me. Um, and I, you know, I do a 30 minute interview with them each. I'm like, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? And I find out what they want out of life. Yeah. First of all, nothing. Like, oh, you know, I just if I can make five grand a month, you know, that'll <laughs> be good. I could do whatever I want in life. I was like, what, where, where, what, what state or country is not a killer? I was like, okay, well, that's you know, problem number one is we have low level thinking, low belief yeah. system. And then I get into it and I'm like, okay, so what, what do y'all, how many calls do you have in a day? They're like, as many as they put on my calendar. I was like, oh, well, but how many will you dial out? And how many emails will you send? And how many text messages will you send? They're like, uh, when people respond. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I started unpacking for a week straight. In those two days, they went from barely collecting $1,000 a day to by the end of the week, the the guy ended up collecting $21,000. Yes, sir. In one day. Yep. And what I had to do was go back to said sales manager. And I said, um, so this is a part of the conversation where I now tell you everything that um, I gathered from your team in a week. And he's like, okay, tell me. I was like, you need to realize this is going to be the worst conversation we have collectively had together. And he was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, can I be honest with you? By the way, greatest the greatest thing, I say this, I don't care what podcast I'm on, what I'm doing, I always say the greatest thing you could ever do is ask permission. Yeah. When you ask permission of somebody, you have full reign to whoop someone's tail. And yeah. it is the best. And so I asked him, I said, like, I'm going to tell you. And he was like, okay, go for it. And I was like, you don't have a hiring problem. I'm like, you are a piss poor sales manager. And this is why. And I had all the data to back it up. And boom, flood works. I had a kid... I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what I want. Da, da, da. And what happened they're was- They're replicating him. They're replicating the freaking leader. Yeah. If people could realize when you have ish going on, which is so important, why? Like you doing your morning formula, you doing uh, like on, I think you recently put something out on YouTube, right? About like your- Routines. Your routines, yeah. right? And you go through everything and you go through your why. When you want to accomplish anything great in life, and you can attest to this and speak on it, it's not for you. You let that routine go. You let that formula go. First, it'll affect your household. Then it'll affect your business. And then so on and so on. And so now the little guy who has to hit uh, you know, 190 calls in a day isn't doing it because you don't do it. Yeah. And it revolutionized. And so now we're having a whole entire paradigm shift and we're actually addressing what's really going on which yeah. is the fact that there is a real root issue at the core. Did you, can you think of a time when that hits you hard in, what are we, 10 years now in, nine years? Eight. Eight, okay, yeah. eight years of this business, like where that hits you really hard as a sales, in sales or as a leader, maybe just in general, when you're like, oh my God, what I'm doing is affecting everyone else. Yeah, I think I probably learned, honestly, this would go back to, I probably learned this before. Okay. Um, through the through my upbringing, you know, because that's a it. It used to be, I think, more popular than it is today. Mm-hmm. Again, today people don't want to take responsibility for anything. Um, but when you like, dude, when you listen to Jim Rohn or uh, Zig or any of those guys, like, it's pretty common mantra of like, lead by example. You know, mm-hmm. like, don't all of these mindsets, like Jim Rohn, man, when. He talks to you about don't don't ask for your life to get easier. You just need to get stronger. You just need to get better. 
it, it, it brings in an inherent responsibility into your own life. And I think that I was able to just take that and kind of put that into everything I was building. Mm. There are moments, though, along the way where the team has gotten loose, teams have gotten weak, and in hindsight, it's because I had gotten weak, you know? Mm. Like, man, if you even look at, you went through this journey with me last year, two of the big companies, you know, I was really not present. I had disappeared. And there were key leaders that were modeling me, trying to be me. Well, as a leader, you better make sure that it, here's what you know is always true. Your team will always be modeling you. Mm. They will always be trying to replicate you because they view what you do as working. You better be worth modeling. They wouldn't have signed up. They wouldn't have signed up. <laughs> they would not be here. Well, what happens when your team models you and the things that they're modeling break your business? Mm -hmm. You got to take responsibility for that. That's a problem. Yeah. That's where I was. And so you saw it. You saw it with, with the sales leader, with the marketing leader, with the operations leader. It's like all these people are modeling me. And what does that look like? Well, they're not in the office. Doors closed, not approachable, like fear, all of these things that are just not great things. This is me opening up and being real. Like, yeah, yeah. I've built things really well, and then I've also like broken things that I built that was that was great. Yeah. So you got to be worth modeling. Yeah. If you're not worth modeling, none of it matters. Yeah, yeah. It's good. How would you? Because this is really important. Like, I don't know if you like to go back or think about regrets or yeah. redos or any of I that do it all the time i actually think regret is awesome it's a powerful tool i used to think it wasn't a powerful tool like because i probably came from the culture of like oh you know i have no regrets i have no regrets and when i realized a regret is actually just ownership yeah like you're actually taking ownership of what happened whatever your role was in it even if you were a uh you know, quote unquote, victim in a situation, you're still taking ownership of that situation. And it's like, if you could do it all over again, like, and you get to know what you know now, and you get to go back and start, you know, Evans and Welch and TF and all that over again, from a sales perspective, how would you build it? Oof. I would have been more, I would have been unapologetically intense from the beginning. Mm. Because intensity is part of my DNA. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my post two weeks ago, but like, I sort of had a realization that in my natural state, I'm pretty intense and aggressive. And over time, the bigger we got, like the more I was told, like, you can't talk that way. Did you see this post? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you can't talk that way. Like, you're, you're, you're talking and people feel like you're better than them. Change that, you know it became a little bit bureaucratic. Mm. And there were probably three or four times in the last eight years where I've pulled back quite a bit because I thought it was what I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. I was told that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, when in actuality, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be fully aligned with who you are and you'll attract people like you and you'll repel people who are not. Mm -hmm. Well, I apologize for that. Don't change it. Yeah. It's not sustainable. I would have been unapologetically intense from the beginning. You know, because I had this start-stop going on. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, the moments of the most extreme growth for me have come from being who I am, which is intense. Mm -hmm. You know, if you shit or get off the pot. Yeah. If you can't hang, well, God bless you and God bless America, but get the hell out. Like, go somewhere else where your mediocrity is accepted. Yeah. 
It's not accepted here. Mm-hmm. Well, that is intense. It's harsh. Like people will hate you for that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. People only hate the things that they wish they could have done themselves. So they're going to hate you. Yeah. If you have no haters, you are not winning. Mm-hmm. It means that you stop producing. Elon Musk, Grant Cardone, whoever you want to say, like whatever. Donald Trump. Yeah. And the, the most successful and magnetic personalities in the history of the world will go in and divide a room 50-50 and the people on the left hate you. The people on the right would jump off a bridge for you. Yeah. When we begin to try to placate all sides of the room, we lose all sides. We lose 100% of them. Mm-hmm. You know? The other thing I would say, besides just not giving a shit what anybody thinks about you, which is basically the first lesson. Yeah. The other thing I would say is, allow your top players and top producers to, within reason, kind of get whatever they want. Every sales leader, mm. like in the industry, 90% of them came from us. Mm-hmm. They just outgrew the thing that they were building in. Mm-hmm. And so I think I had opportunities back in the day with certain people to promote them into different cuts. Or, but I mean, when you have a superstar, superstar, mm-hmm. like when you have Kawhi or LeBron or whatever, within reason, you just give them whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And I think people are like, oh man, nobody's worth it. It's like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Give them whatever they want. Like mm-hmm. the person at the very top, should be making 10 times more than the person at the bottom. Mm-hmm. 15 times more, 20 times more. It doesn't matter. So I think so back to our best reps, our best producers. And they single-handedly by themselves, they funded like 50 full-time employees by themselves. So what is it that sometimes gets in the way and says like, oh man, this person's making too much money or you know, this person wants to take over this, don't let them. It's just ego. Yeah. It's just not being able to make room for somebody who is developing superstar talents in the organization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a big regret of mine because like there are two people right now that come to mind, like top of mind, first and second. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if I would have made room for them, like everything they're doing now would have been accrued back to my organizations. Mm-hmm. I just didn't make room for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of regret real fast, regret is a powerful tool. Future regret is a powerful tool. As well. Mm. So if you fast forward to the end of your life, or forget that, that's too deep and too intense. People don't want to do that work. If you fast forward a year from now, what are all the things that you regret? Mm. And then just systemically go erase them and eliminate them. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we make wrong decisions because we're making today decisions, we're stuck in the moment. And uh, if you want to go there later, like I was just writing about this yesterday because I'm going to produce some material around this. Mm-hmm around the concept of future regret and how to eliminate future regrets from happening by going there, feeling the consequences. Mm -hmm. And then when you pop back into reality, the decisions require no discipline. Like you eliminate the need for discipline. You don't have to make yourself do anything because you just went through the damn regret Mm -hmm. of failing. And it's a really cool tool to go through and like execute on everything in your life that's important. So you avoid the future cost of regret. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. It's, it's, Long-term goals govern your short-term decisions, vibes, where it's like, I love how you just said you won't need discipline because in essence, by doing the exercise, you just gave yourself the discipline. Yes. And it is like, I mean, it it really, really is good. Can we go back to something and get, but we're about to get real. Okay. So like real, real. Okay. Okay. You said number one lesson, not given basically 
That's shit. What people think. That's how you would redo it if you're doing self stream. Be yourself. Unequivocally, be yourself. Yeah. With that being said, as an intense person myself, where is the line though? Because like, I think somebody could hear that, mm-hmm. where they're in training, podcast, whatever, hear that, and just be like, "Damn, this dude's, this dude is like an asshole." But you're not. Like, you actually care about people, and you're a phenomenal father and a great husband. Um, and, and, and a subpar closer, but like you, you just like, just kidding. I'm the best. Uh, but like your ability, you, you're actually kind. So where is that line? Because you say, cause I'm with you. And, and like, even when I, when I, when I came back to join forces and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be me though. Cause you just need to accept that. Or this, it won't be a good fit. Cause I have to be me, but being me and being intense and all that doesn't mean that I would ever destroy human beings i care about people and so do you so where is that line so that there's a little bit more clarity like there's two lines there's an x and a y the first line is about me the second line is about them which one do you want me to start with whichever one i'm i'm ready to learn from all right cool i'll start with me okay um and this is the less important them is more important but we'll start with the with the me axis okay um if something is true that someone says about you, you have no defense and no business defending yourself. Mm-hmm. If something is false, you have no need for defense, and therefore you shouldn't defend yourself. Mm-hmm. What's real is more important, and what, what's real governs behavior. So if somebody's listening and they're like, oh man, Taylor's an asshole. Well, that's not true. So I don't really care. Because the people closest to me respect me the most. Mm. So have at it. If the only way for you to build your empire is through fractionalizing the breadcrumbs from my empire, I don't want to steal that opportunity from you. Go for it. You see that? Yeah. There's power in that. People waste their lives defending things that, like, if, if you really look at it, if somebody accuses me of something that's, that's true, I have no defense and I should just accept it and apologize. If they accuse me of something that's false, what's the point of defending it? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not real, so it'll come to the surface. The, the them side of the equation is, and I hope I'm answering your question, but the them side of the equation is, I really do care about people, but there's layers of care. And so when I make a decision about somebody that is good for their short term and bad for their long term, do I really care about them? Mm-hmm. Or do I care about my reputation with them? Mm-hmm. Very different. You know? Yeah. Like, sometimes people, I say sometimes, all the time, people send screenshots of people talking about me on the internet. And it's like, haters are like badges. Like, you have to earn them. And then you have to, like, make them into trophies and, like, stack them. Yeah. Because that's just a sign that you're, you're winning somewhere. Um, but there are people that, like, they're so short-term and small-minded that they believe that the aggression is you know, mean or it's hurtful. But the reality is it's more mean for me to leave someone stuck in their incompetence than it is for me to push them out of it. Mm-hmm. Is, a, is a, a mama bird mean because she kicks her babies out of the nest? Technically, that shit's mean. Especially knowing that they can die. Yeah. I would believe that that would make her an asshole. I mean, California would have a field day if we operated that way. Yeah. 
but such is like that's how you create like the survivability of the species yeah like imagine if she if imagine if all the mama birds all around the world just decided to stop doing that and then all birds went extinct because they couldn't fly they couldn't damn feed themselves and they just yep what what do we define kindness as what do we define being an asshole as Mm -hmm. make no mistake about it it is irrevocable irreversible nobody can argue with it at this point it's fact if you can't see it you're stupid people rise when they're around me they rise when they're around you and long term the commitment to a person's future outranks and outweighs my commitment to their current stagnated self right does that make me an asshole maybe for a moment Mm -hmm. but it's it's in the long term, it's about them. Mm. Does that answer your question? hundred percent. And I mean, and what I love about it is because like I get that and I understand that because I am close to you. Yeah. And so I do get to see that. What I want is for people to really understand the most powerful thing of what you said to me in how you explained that was that it actually made you, you have to be confident in who you are for both accesses to work. Yes. And that is what is missing in leadership, in, in sales leadership, in, in business owners. They're actually not confident in who they are. So the haters actually mean something to themselves because they don't spend time with themselves. They don't ask themselves the right question. They are not doing their due diligence as you and some of you know, our, you know, the, the greats in this industry do where they're like, no, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? What am I excited about? What am I yeah. passionate about? What am yeah. I fighting for? And then when a false statement comes, it's like, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. I think I saw Gary Vee talking about that the other day where he just, he's like, man, I actually, I feel bad for them because like something's off in them yeah. because he's so confident and assured in who he is. And I feel like that, that's how you live and operate. It's like, you're like, I, I am Taylor and it's awesome. Yeah, dude, it, it does. It reveals more about the other person than it does about who they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And like you never really ever see somebody making judgmental statements about people like uh, beneath them. Mm-hmm. They're usually like attention grabbers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's true. Like I know marketing at, the, at a level that I can penetrate any market. And sometimes the fastest way to penetrate a market is to find the biggest kingpin in the market and publicly go after them mm-hmm. people do that all the time yeah but you never do that backwards and so sometimes people just need to wrestle with their own insecurities like if you become a kingpin in your market and people start getting aggressive and hating on you it's just because they're they're trying to go through market share and but we take that personally and we don't have the security or the confidence to know that we're doing the right thing at the right time we're being appropriate in the moment and if you don't have clarity on that you're aimless and you're yeah. lost. And eventually your team is going to sense that and they're going to want to follow somebody different. Yeah. You know, that's good. Um, we, we're, we're, we probably need to, to, to wrap this up here soon because well, you know, production and they're going to have to make all this, but I do have a couple things that I love to do when I'm in these settings. Um, sales. Yeah. One word. What is it? What does it mean to you? What is sales in one word? Uh, I'm going to give you the same word that, I gave in 2016. Mm. It hasn't changed. Um, leadership. Mm. That's it. That's good. 
I'm not going to have you expound because I'm actually going to have you expound upon that later in something else. So. Okay. I love that leadership. That's powerful. It well, hasn't changed in, in seven years. Mm. Yeah. From like my first 1500 calls, I was like, this is really, my dad taught me leadership. Saban taught me leadership. Lombardi taught me leadership. It's all the same. Coaching is leadership. Sometimes sacrificial leadership. Sometimes the best salesperson in the world, sometimes the best sales tactic in the world is not allowing somebody to buy your product because they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Whoa, like the, that, that doesn't compute. People are like, that's not sales. Sales about bagging the deal. No, 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 no. Sales about leadership, which really invokes this viewpoint of service and protection. You want to protect your clients. You want to protect. It's like, it's such a healthy delineation of what we really do as sales professionals. We lead the market to the places that they innately want to be. That's it. Mm. That's good, man. Um, Parting words. If you were like, this was it. You, You got one time to say what you had to say in a 30 second elevator pitch to a business owner who was trying to build a sales team or grow, you know, and figure this whole thing out, what would you say to them? Yeah, so we were talking about a book before we started recording, uh, The Splendid in the Vial. Oh, fuck, yeah. Um, I don't, you probably can't see it, but I'm a fan of history with the books and, like, studying leaders of old. Mm-hmm. And, man, your life's not that hard. You just are weak. So how about we grow up, how about we widen our perspective, get into the business or get out of the business, it doesn't matter. But I think the number one plague for business owners is they lack perspective and therefore they become weak. Mm-hmm. Well, my ads aren't working. You're, you, you ate last night, grow up. <laughs> you know, well, my, my lead salesperson quit. Great news, there are more salespeople. Mm-hmm. You, know, you read in that Splendid in the Vile, Churchill's, trying to make the decision to pull his Air Force out of France because he thinks he's next Mm -hmm. or to leave him there. If he pulls out of France, then France falls and hundreds of thousands of people die. If he leaves them in France, then Britain is a target. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have a lose-lose situation. Do you kill 150,000 French soldiers or do you leave a million civilians as a target. You have a lose-lose. Mm-hmm. So the last time that you've had to make a decision that difficult, think back to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've never had to make a decision that difficult? <laughs> Grow yeah. the F up. Yeah. You wanted this life. Learn from the people who have mastered it, but more yeah. than anything else, like tend and protect your perspective because out of your perspective and your grid comes what you feel is hard or easy. And if things are hard for you, it's because you're looking at them the wrong way. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's good. That's good. I love it. I love it. Well, thank y'all for listening. We're super excited as always, you know, like you can like comment, share, you can did. I think the most important thing is if you got something out of this, it's very powerful for you to make sure that you share that because there could be someone else who needs to get just the same, you know, revelation that you got out of this. So make sure you share it. Um, That's the most powerful thing you can do for us. And we're grateful to have you. Um, As always, um, we'll have everything in the comments, links, bios, yada, yada. But we're glad that you're here. Thankful for it. And uh, tune in until next time.